Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today, our guest is Corn Nouveau. She is an architectural designer, artist, and author. Today, we're going to talk about how calcium can reduce the intensity of the pain in your body, how it can also connect us to our loved ones. If for those of you out there grieving the loss of someone, calcium can connect us to loved ones. We're also going to get into seasonal depression and corn's struggle with EOE. If you don't know what EOE is, it's a type of esophageal uh, inflammation where it makes it difficult to swallow food and you have to be on a special diet. And then we'll also get into why we need weekly goals. Let's hop into this episode with Corn Nouveau. Corn, I'm excited to have you on to discuss your new book about calcium. And it it seems odd that on a suicide prevention podcast, I would have somebody on to talk about calcium. But for myself, why I love to study things like the elements and the universe and nature and the world around us is it reminds me of how connected we all really are, not just mm-hmm. to each other, but to the world, to the environment, to nature. And a lot of times we can forget how valuable something like calcium is to our bodies and our health and our mind that it allows us to expand our perspective of the world and what's possible. Uh, Corin, can you talk to us about what motivated you to write a book on calcium of all the elements there? I don't know how many elements there are, but I just remember having anxiety anytime I have to memorize <laughs> the, uh, the elemental chart. <laughs> yeah, it's really overwhelming. <laughs> um, So it actually happened backwards. So I didn't just pick calcium and then decide to go from there. Um, I was doing my master's in architecture and I was doing my thesis project. And um, I actually started with learning about funeral home design and how it hasn't changed in the past many, many years or just simply ever. So and the practice of um, just the funeral practice in general, what ceremonies are like and um, how it changes through cultures and religion. Um, So I was looking into funeral home design and I got stuck um, at a point in my thesis and I just decided to start Um, researching what exactly happens when a person or an organism passes away and um, how that earth or how the earth starts to take that person in the deceased and it brought me to exploring like what exactly is in our bodies and um, it led me to calcium and I picked calcium because being in architectural field calcium is used in a lot of architectural products like drywall and concrete 
and it's also um, one of the first elements of the earth and it's in its earth's core. So that's what led me to it. Okay, so first of all, I had no idea that calcium was in drywall. Now I'm going to be looking at my drywall to <laughs> <laughs> a little differently. Yeah. Um, and one of the first elements of, of earth, right? You talked mm -hmm. about that. So, you know, when you're looking at earth to, to be like, oh, okay, I'm not only am I looking at just dirt, because I think a lot of times when I think about earth, I just think about dirt and I think about water, but I don't mm -hmm. think about calcium or any of the, the elements. The, this whole idea of it's used in architecture. Can you say more about that? Because I was watching, um, I think it's called Abstract or something on Netflix, and they were talking about how mm -hmm. they're using was it way casein to build products? It was something mm -hmm. like calcium or, uh, you know, okay. one of the elements to, as a, as a, as a solid uh, building product. And I thought that was fascinating, but for, for the everyday person who's looking around, where else would they notice calcium that they typically would have no idea has calcium? Like I didn't know that glass was made from sand. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. that's crazy. So where yeah. would I see calcium in my everyday life? <laughs> that's funny you mentioned the sand. Um, whenever I look at a city with skyscrapers, all I see is just giant sand castles. <laughs> um, but um, so calcium comes from, we take it from limestone, essentially. So limestone is used for, you know, building, you can put it, it's not used very often because it's really soft, but people use it for rocks and for to make their landscape nice. Um, but then we take that limestone and we essentially bake it for four days at 900 degrees. And what you get out of that is this almost like a solid, it looks like chalk. So this is where chalk comes from too. So it changes the compounds of the limestone and that's what we use and modify for drywall. So you have, in your drywall, you have, we'll just say you have two papers. And within your two papers, um, there's this powder. And that powder is where the calcium comes in. And so when there's a fire, that calcium, that powder within your drywall turns into a vapor. And that's what slows down fires. So when you... you have a certain thickness of drywall and you hear you know that apartment next to you um is usually a two hour rating meaning it takes two hours for a fire to pass through that drywall wow i that is deep because okay so here's what this <laughs> makes me think of okay because my my brain is going all over the place right now yeah <laughs> calcium is in our bodies right mm -hmm. it's in our bones Yes. And so it sounds like what I hear you saying is that calcium in our calcium in itself helps to slow down fires. And when I think about mm -hmm. suicidality, people mm -hmm. will often refer to themselves as feeling on fire from the inside. It's a it's like an inflammation of the brain where mm -hmm. like depression is like an outside weight, weighted force. So I, I'm I'm highlighting this to say that. 
our bodies are designed to slow down that suicidal impulse, that fire inside of us with the use of calcium. So my question then would be, and I don't, I don't know if you have an answer to this, because I know you're more mm-hmm. into the architecture and the structure of it, but how do we protect the calcium in our bodies? Or the other question mm-hmm. is, what do, we, what do people typically do that is destroying the calcium in our bodies? So two questions, mm-hmm. like how do we protect the calcium that we have? Because I know people talk about bone density and losing that over time. And then are there things that we're doing that erodes the calcium in our body? Hmm. Yeah, I think just over time with age, your calcium deficiency goes down. Um, But also some people are born with autoimmune diseases that would take away calcium. Um, And calcium is also, it's not just within our bones and teeth. It also... um, is in charge of signaling. So it helps uh, signal things to your brain. Like if you had a paper cut and that paper cut needs to stop bleeding. So calcium is one of the elements within your body that helps signal your brain, clog that paper cut. And it also does the same for plants, but with water. So it helps um, plants send signals down that they need water and helps bring up the water. So it sounds like, you know, it's, it's in our teeth, it's in our bones, but it's also uh, used for signaling. And Mm -hmm. then I guess going back to the question of like, are there things that we can do to maintain or build the calcium? I mean, I grew up hearing drink milk. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that is part of your research or is that outside the realm of your study with calcium, but I'm just for the listeners out there who are like, I want to protect the calcium I have if it's preventing fires and, you know, uh, could maybe, um, you know, uh, improve the signaling to my brain so that, yeah. you know, I can, I can make rational decisions instead of being reactive. Yeah. It's um, from what I know, and I'm I'm not a doctor, so I don't, or a nutritionist, but from my understanding is that that we need calcium 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 is kind of false you actually need like vitamin d and these other vitamins to help with the calcium so it's um like drinking milk is not gonna save your calcium it's a well-balanced diet and um yeah, it's it's just maintaining it. I don't know if you can replenish it. All right, uh, all right. That I love that you're so right because they talk about people who have not had sun exposure for a while and how that affects their bones and you know leads to a, a mm-hmm. breakdown of it. And so mm-hmm. you know, for those of us who are like, okay, this is another reason to get out and get out into the sun and get that sunlight. And I know that people live in certain parts of the world where there's like six month, months of the year where you're not getting the sun. Um, yeah. But it, that's where uh, I live. That's where do, where do you live, Corin? Well, I guess I don't live in Alaska, but I do live in Idaho. And this winter was very rough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it a long winter or a, a brutal winter? 
Uh, it was a long winter and with no sun for nearly a month. Yikes. So how did you how did you get your vitamin D during that time? Or how do you how do you feel the, mm-hmm. the calcium? Well, actually, this winter was the most seasonal, well, um, seasonal depression I've ever had. And it was brutal, to be honest. I was just craving sun. Um, We ended up taking a trip to Arizona so we could get it. Wow. Yeah, it's. So I want to I want to uh, dig a little deeper into that. Um, I do want to come back to calcium and because we were talking about food. And so, yeah. uh, you, you know, dark leafy greens, uh, it goes back to what you were saying in terms of yes. feeding calcium, dark leafy greens, fish with edible soft bones such as sardines and canned salmon. I've been eating a lot of a lot of uh, uh it's weird that they put canned salmon versus yeah, I've real never salmon. Heard of that. I've I've never you know Costco has canned salmon. I don't know if you Of course uh, they do. <laughs> they have everything, right? They have everything. Yeah. Um but but so I don't like sardines in and of themselves. They they they're nasty to me, but if I mix it in, I'll actually mix it in with salmon or like sweet potatoes and and then put some mm. uh uh, bell peppers and you know I'll 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 dress it up I'll 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 get that pig looking beautiful you know yeah um and then there are obviously like calcium fortified rich foods which you know I don't I don't really trust the fortification of foods but if that's if that's the best <laughs> way you can get it then do that um I'm all for that so yes, talk to me I... go ahead oh I was just going to say I'm vegan, so um, I get I get my calcium through many, many vegetables and fruits and yogurt. Well, dairy free yogurt. But so uh, what what did your breakfast look like today as a vegan? Uh, My breakfast was coconut yogurt um, with some granola. Oh, perfect. You got a little crunch. A little chew, mm-hmm. got the calcium. Oh yeah. Did you put some berries on there, or was it just pure granola? Some with the pure uh, crunch. Pure <laughs> crunch. I love it. Um. So talk to me about you said seasonal depression. Um. Th- I think this is something that people don't really take seriously, and it sounds like you did. I mean, you drove from Idaho all the way to Arizona. How long is that trek? Mm-hmm. We flew, but driving oh. would be t- thirteen hours. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so talk to me about what did your seasonal depression look like? Is well, that you staying in bed all day? You're not showering? Yeah. Um, I was, um, diagnosed with depression, uh, October of 21. So a couple of years ago, nearly a couple of years ago. And this winter it just got really bad and um yeah I didn't come out of our basement we were staying at a friend's house because we were in the middle of transitioning homes and I didn't come out of the basement for over seven days I um, lost interest in everything I couldn't go to work and I am a winter person 
So I love snowboarding. I love being outside in the winter. Um, we do a lot of backcountry snowboarding here. And I just couldn't get myself to do anything. That is fascinating because you talk because you have a master's, correct? Did you mm-hmm. is that okay? So yep. you you have your master's. You're diagnosed in 2021. When did you graduate mm-hmm. from school? I graduated from the Art Institute of Chicago in 2020. Okay. And so, do, do, what do you feel like contributed to that? It probably wasn't your first bout of depression, but probably mm-hmm. the first time that you were like, "I need to go talk to somebody about this." What was it about? that time where in 2021 you're like I gotta go in and talk to somebody I think I said the same thing to my husband (laughs) I gotta go (laughs) I need help (laughs) um yeah I I was thinking about this before I came on the podcast and I um wrote out a timeline of like okay what like why did I go and get help that during that time And I think when I was in school, I just had so many milestones. Like I used to just work over my depression and that's what kept me afloat. I wouldn't say I was as happy as I am now. I'm definitely more happy now. Um, But I, that's how I've always lived where I just, threw myself into work and I and because I enjoy it too the art practice and what has now made my book and um before that you know I just thought that's how everyone felt and I never thought twice about it and so when we moved to Idaho then I started a job um at an architecture firm and it just, it it wasn't the right fit. And I think what started to happen was I was so busy working for them very long weeks and I wanted to do good. And I lost my personal interest of artwork and getting to explore and research. And so I didn't have that balance. And I think that's what made me go deeper into depression and when I realized I needed help because I was no longer wanting to go to work. I didn't want to do anything. Um, And it just ultimately became really problematic because I was also doing poorly at work. My relationship with my husband wasn't doing well and, you know, so on. So I finally like okay I gotta go in I need to get help so I had the fun time of playing with what medicine works and um over the last year and a half and I feel really good and happy now other than that one month a few months ago (laughs) Uh, so there's so many things I want to unpack here first of all thank you for sharing this part of your journey Mm -hmm. Earlier at the very beginning, you you mentioned there were so many milestones that you had, and it sounded like you're referring to that as if it was a buffer to the depression. Can you talk to me more about 
how you're defining milestones, because I've never heard anyone talk about it outside of like a corporate meeting. They're like, all right, all right, we got five milestones. But in terms of personally, I've never heard someone go, I'm just not really reaching any milestones, you know? So can you talk to us about what that, what milestones mean to you? Yeah, I, I'm just a, a goal setter. I need a goal. I need that foresight. And it doesn't, I mean, I just do it like weekly or else I probably wouldn't do anything. <laughs> and um, so the architecture journey is long. It's not, I won't sweeten it. It is long. It takes so much time. I'm not even an architect yet. And I've been in school for this for, or been at this for now 11 years so um and so those are the milestones that I'm referencing so in undergrad it was okay I gotta do well get good grades so then I can go to grad school and then I took a year off to apply to grad schools and worked at a firm and then I made it to grad school and then at grad school I found different things I was interested in and was having a lot of fun at um at my classes it's a great school and so it it was just like one thing after another that kept me going basically that you had something to look forward to and it sounds like you were externally motivated right Mm -hmm. where it's the 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 school needs us by a certain deadline so I can meet that deadline and here, yeah. are the, here are other people's expectations of what the professor needs, what the school needs, what maybe what your husband needs. And yeah. um, and so like we're just operating off of that. Is your interest in architecture, where did that come from? Is that were your parents architects? Was did you was there like an architect cartoon you watched as a kid? Um, my dad is a uh, general contractor so I grew up around construction Um, but in my sophomore year I went to Italy and in Italy I was like oh my gosh I want to be an architect (laughs) Um, and that's when I decided and that was yeah like 10 years ago yeah when I think about architects it sounds so I had a roommate in college who who was an architect major and Mm -hmm. he was very linear, I think is the word Mm -hmm. where and very precise with things. You seem to have a more, a a, a bullion personality, right? Where you you seem a bit more social than the, when I think about architects, it's almost like, Mm -hmm people go into business either they go into marketing or they go into financing and it really depends on are you an (laughs) introvert or an extrovert so i can see architecture in the in the 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 traditional sense is maybe not Mm -hmm. fitting your personality completely at this juncture maybe like there's a way you can create a world of architecture that allows for your more creative uh flamboyant spirit do you do you sense that or am I like way off the mark here no you're spot on (laughs) oh that's actually so good yeah I'm actually at a crossroads right now 
I have uh, two exams left out of six to get my license and uh, like a few hundred hours left under an architect and then I'm officially an architect and um, I'm just like waiting for the day so I can just move on (laughs) and do something else. Do you you feel like part of this was to, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, do you feel like part of it was to like make your dad proud on some level or no I've always I was always interested in it I'm still interested in it I still love learning it I just don't like the job if that makes sense like I can't do my artwork my art practice without architecture because for me architecture is um like in this book it's something that needs to change it's something that influences our daily lives it's um construction is a huge contribution to omissions like 40 percent and there's just so much opportunity for growth in architecture and that's what gets me excited about it is that we need to change we need to design differently um and do it right for our planet for our future for ourselves for our mental health for um our physical health just different products that aren't so toxic and it matters what colors your walls are it matters what materials in your house and because those have psychological effects Ah, see, this is what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> this is, see, the, you hear the passion and the purpose, ladies and gents? It, <laughs> because, you know, the, it's, so it sounds like working for these firms or the firms that you uh, align with do not align with your values. And when yes. we're in a space that doesn't align with our values, because you're, I mean, you're vegan, Right. So Mm -hmm. that lets us know that you're super conscious about the not just yourself or making money. You're conscious about your impact on the world and the earth and the environment Mm -hmm. that we are inhabiting. And so your work has to align with that. And I would imagine working at most firms, they're just thinking about the highest bidder or what's going to get them uh, the most notoriety, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And you're just like. But uh, our, can we, we can save lives, guys. Like, like it's ridiculous to build that building with those materials when we can build it with this, and yeah. you know, still minimize the impact on the environment. You must be like screaming inside in these <laughs> office buildings. I was, and that's why I had to leave um, because our values didn't align. So I've been working at a construction company for the last year, um, which has been great because it hasn't been as demanding. So I can work on studying for my exams and I'm not a good test taker. I have failed these exams. I don't know, like nine times. (laughs) So um, I just keep on going (laughs) almost there. And um, so it's been good because I'm back with materials again. And, you know, I try and tell myself that 
I have to take this time to learn the old ways before I can understand and change it. And it's been really great. I love the team I work with. And yeah, I've been just holding out and interviewing with firms I actually want to be with that um, do try and design for the earth and for human health. Um, So yeah, I'm just crossing my fingers I can land one of those. I'm super excited because what I also hear you talking about is trade-offs, right? Where you recognize that a lot of these architecture firms as they are don't align with your values, but you also recognize that I have to learn the ways of the architect, you know, of the architectural uh, realm so that I can have an impact and influence. That's the trade-off, right? Or, where mm-hmm. it's like you you can make the you have to make the change from within and and so that's what's driving you even though you like you said you haven't passed uh the exams like you failed it like seven six or seven times you keep coming back because you you're like if i want to make the impact i want on the world this is the this is the way forward and so you you are reminding yourself of what your purpose is and, the, and this is the trade-off so now i'm working at a construction place and so for the listeners out there, I'm highlighting this because, you know, to say honor what your body is telling you. Like if if you're if you're in a space, if you're studying something, doing something that's shutting you down, or you recognize that, that the things that you love to do, whether it's snowboarding or hiking or, or painting or whatever it was, are no longer appealing to you, even your partner. I'm sure like, you know, you talked about spending seven days in your basement. Um, and I'm sure your husband was like, uh, are you okay down there? <laughs> like, is he sending you food down or what? Like, like, <laughs> um, and so, you know, to, to sit, to actually ask yourself, like, what is my purpose? And then what trade-off am I willing to make to get there? I hate the word sacrifice. That's why I'm so specific about using the word trade-off because mm-hmm. I don't want you sacrificing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just being aware of the the trade-off. How long uh, did you and your have you and your husband have been married? Uh, we haven't been married for not even a year yet, but we've been together for seven years, nearly seven years. Oh wow! So so. Yeah. We, so he's seen a snowboarding, you know, high flying Corin, and then he's like, "Who is this basement Corin?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he is amazing and has is just so patient, and he, you know, has seen me when, like, I can remember being depressed and all the way back to high school. I mean, I used to miss like. 30 days of school and be like, mom, I'm, I'm sick, which I didn't have the language then, you know, like you just feel sick. How do you tell someone that? Um, but there is, I mean, there's always better times and worse times. And he's seen me at my better times and he saw me decline in grad school to my worst times where, you know, I was, in the bathroom crying because we didn't have a basement (laughs) and um 
so he's seen it all and then he saw it get worse and during that job too so he's been there with my journey of getting the right medication and um so he was so forgiving or not forgiving he just supported me through that whole month of a flunk so it's one of the things that you mentioned was getting your medications right right Mm -hmm. um playing that game and i'm sure that that was that sounded like it was a journey yeah yeah it has been you know just it's a waiting game almost you take one or a certain dosage for a while and then you're like okay I feel better but I'm still not I still don't feel like me you know and then it's yeah how long did it take you or do you still feel like you're you're still playing the game I'm still playing the game a little bit with the right dosage but um so I was on this on one medication for a year and I still didn't feel like myself. I still didn't have uh, the motivation I used to have. And with uh, work, with sports, you know, with art, with anything. So then we added another medication and that helped for a while too. And then we're just working on the right dosage. And how old are you right now? I'm 29. 29. So besides medication, um, what other practical things? So you you are playing with the medication. You've gone to Mm -hmm. Arizona to get some vitamin D. Um, What are like two or three other things that you've done to manage the depression? Mm -hmm. Are there cognitive behavioral skills or things you tell yourself? Are there things that you do daily? Talk to us about that part. Um, I found a really good, uh, workout class and I go once a week. Um, it's Pilates, it's light on your, uh, joints and it's just a great workout. And I don't go very, I only go once a week because it's something to look forward to. I don't ever do it. And, um, I've just, built a little community there and some days it's the hardest thing to go to especially when I was um, really low a few months ago Um, but you know just getting there and then I don't even think I worked out I think I just laid there (laughs) it was just like getting yourself to go Um, and so I do that I draw and paint and um i guess music oh we've listened to some acdc some luke combs like what, what's on the playlist <laughs> oh but um anything uplifting honestly <laughs> all right all right i well, mean that i also don't listen to sad music when i'm sad <laughs> smart very smart <laughs> Yeah, I made the mistake of like watching a sad movie when I was sad. And I was like, wrong <laughs> prescription, buddy. Yeah. Wrong prescription. Because <laughs> yeah. you see it in movies all the time. The person is sad. <laughs> and then they put on a sad movie. You're like, okay, maybe I should watch a sad movie. And then you do it. You're like, nope. 
nope, that, that just the, made it way worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, wow. Especially if it's a sad movie where it doesn't work out for the person in the end. You're like, yikes. That's a <laughs> triple whammy right there. <laughs> this is painful. Um, yeah, so just. I, avoid that. <laughs> I love the fact that you go, listen, I'm in a depression. I'm going to go to class once a week and lay there. I love that <laughs> because I, it's like minimum effective dose, right? Where you're like, okay, I can't stay in a basement for seven days. That's crazy. Uh, I don't really want to move or work out. So I'll just go to the gym and because I've done that. I remember I used to personal train. And one of my clients comes in one day and she was like, do you just want to go get breakfast? And I was like, yes, I do. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> there, there are a lot of people in there who or like the person who gets on a treadmill and puts it at a point one. And they just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just like minimum effective dose. Like, I'm not mad at you at all for that. How do you now how do you typically feel when you leave the class after, you know, just laying there? good because you you got there <laughs> just showing I up mean, and suiting up yeah getting out of the house is one of the worst things then getting in the car is the second worst thing <laughs> you know <laughs> or walking depending on how close you are but um once when you're there it's kind of relief you're just like oh i made it <laughs> wow so you feel a relief once you get to the gym like you yeah. kind of like it almost becomes the new milestone, right? Where you're like, "Wow, I got yeah. to the gym today." Yep. But what's also interesting is you also mentioned that you look forward to it because it's once a week. Can you say a mm -hmm. bit more about that? Because you know, I, I think that a lot of people when they think about going to the gym, they go, "Oh, I got to go three times a week, or I got to go four times if I'm going to go." But you're like, "No, if I schedule it for one one day a week, I actually look forward to it." Yeah, I just don't like to overdo it. I mean, Pilates is also expensive. So, <laughs> but um, besides that, you just want to keep it something that's fun. Yes. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're, if you're used to snowboarding. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I do other things to work out at home, but you, you don't want to, you don't want to ruin it by overdoing it yeah or i I've, don't <laughs> no you're right 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 because you can kill the love for it mm -hmm. is there are, are there things about calcium that we haven't discussed that people would be surprised by mm. um, or like a usage for it or his, yeah like, was it mined like where like there's some like uh pirates stealing calcium like you know, like with sand like <laughs> i read this book on sand and i didn't realize that there were like sand pirates there were these people who there are these people who because i thought you could use because like cell phones and uh glass is used with sand but it's a specific kind of sand oh. and so some countries are holding on to their sand and so these pirates are coming in and stealing, literally like digging into their lakes to grab the sand well, to use uh, to to sell to corporations. Like it's a whole thing. Um, wow. And I was like, wow, is there a thing with calcium or there's like some calcium 
thugs, calcium trafficking <laughs> going on. <laughs> oh, no, but I'm picturing a calcium character now. Uh oh, calcium monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, <laughs> his best friend is limestone. Yeah, they just hanging out. I like this. I like where this is going. Calcium and limestone. Um, so calcium is was actually discovered or is at its core a, a metal. It's like a Earth's metal, but it's so soft that we can't use it on its own, and it changes into different things when it like limestone and uh, when it has a certain reaction with things um and so what i love about calcium as well is that it can represent which i represent in the book about a cycle it offers us a look at new possibilities because you know, calcium starts as um, once when we have it as limestone, we bake, we go through that process and we turn it into these structures and that is giving it a new life. One day the building will come down. We will use that material for something else. It moves on. Um, and like with our bodies or any organisms when the deceased is in the ground bones are definitely take the longest to decompose but that the earth is taking in your nutrients and it and our toxins and turning it into something else it's bringing it into the soil it's taking that calcium and turning it into grass or trees or whatever it may be but um, there's also different funeral practices now happening. One is called uh, recompost. It's in Washington. And it changes your body into compost. So you, your family is able to pick up your soil and use it to plant some type of memorial for you. And it's now legal in about eight states, I think. So... Wow, I, I love this idea of you said calcium gives us an opportunity to look at new possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Because by itself, calcium is soft. And so it has to be mixed with other things to become mm -hmm. limestone. And then that mm -hmm. limestone we can use to make structures. And mm -hmm. it's interesting because I think of people like that. There's some of us who are so sensitive are so fragile that mm -hmm. we need to work with other people or be with other people in order for us together to then make limestone and then build structures, whether that's the structure of a family or a structure of a business. Like some of, most of us can't really function on our own. Like most of us are really just calcium, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like, if I don't, sync up with another person or other people or groups or tribes um mm -hmm. i'm too soft to really become the skyscraper that i could potentially be and and i bring this up because so many people walk around with this lone wolf mentality of like mm -hmm. i can handle this on my own i can do this on my own it's like no you're calcium bruh like <laughs> you need other things 
okay yeah to to become limestone to to grow and and to flourish yeah uh so i i really and what what does that process look like of turning calcium into uh limestone mm. um i believe it just needs like a certain amount of elements so like within caves it needs like that ocean salt mm. and it's it um amongst other things but limestone is also limestone is from um it's only in specific parts like of the u.s because it came from what used to be an ocean so like a one of a big place to actually get limestone from is like near chicago because there used to be ocean there so limestone is actually made up of organisms like you can find bones within it you can um yeah see like old skeletons old coral because coral is mostly calcium too so when we see dead coral now from climate change that white left over that exoskeleton is calcium oh damn gina all right, so I, 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 all right, now you got the juices going here because this idea that you know our body decomposes, right? We go back into the earth, and then the earth uses our our minerals to to then make more calcium and trees and stuff like that. So because I've talked about tree hugging before, mm -hmm. and it seems like such a ridiculous thing, but for anybody who's lost somebody, whether it's a parent a friend, uh, a stranger, a, a, a pet, you know, when we bury them, right, they, the earth has absorbed them. And then the trees and the birds and the, and the water, like their, their elements are in all those things. So when we're mm -hmm. drinking from spring water or when we're hugging a tree, we're essentially on some level hugging our loved one. They're always with us. They're they're in the air you breathe. They're you know little particles that that dust that's on mm -hmm. your table. That, that's probably you know Grandma Mia right there. <laughs> you know hanging out, keeping an eye on you. So you know don't feel like you have to end your life to to visit your parents. Like they're mm -hmm. they're everywhere. They're they're floating in the dust and in the wind and in the water and in the trees. They're literally they're literally keeping an eye on they're. There might be even in the drywalls. Damn, they're in the drywall speaking to you. The ghosts, they're ghosts. They're real. We just found out the source is calcium. Is is? <laughs> I'm gonna watch every horror movie differently now. I'm gonna be like, listen, babe. Is I know it looks like it's about ghosts, but it's really about calcium. Okay. You watch. think <laughs> ghosts are white just because? No. <laughs> we've cracked the code this is you know this this is every scooby-doo episode right now look at this we figured it out uh corin is there anything um or corinne is there anything that we haven't discussed that you'd like to share about calcium or your life's journey that you think would be of value to the listeners uh yeah i think one other thing that just has to do with my health so i I have this esophagus disease. I have really bad food allergies. And I just want to spread the word about 
it for short. It's called EOE. Um, and I would love to say what that stands for, but I am going to butcher it. <laughs> uh, it's e uh, eosinophil esophagitis. So through my whole life, too, I've been really sick. So this is also what has led me into depression because I just used to never feel good. Um, I was diagnosed in 2017 and it took, I mean, I'm still learning what I'm allergic to, but it takes a toll on your life when you can't share meals with people, when you're isolated, when you can't go out to dinner and um, so I just want people to know if you know you're going through that and you're feeling sad it's it's okay because you can <laughs> it's a big life change and it's um not fun I appreciate you sharing that yeah I'm, I'm looking it up now because I've never heard of it um mm -hmm. inflammation of the esophagus of uh, the tube connecting the mouth to the stomach caused by a specific white blood cell. Um, nearly, it says nearly three quarters of affected cases occur in white males. That's, mm -hmm. that's interesting. I wonder why it would be white males specifically. Um, oh, acid reflux. So food allergies, acid reflux. Yeah. So acid reflux, you know, is part of it, but it's not the main, um, diagnose so so when your esophagus is so flamed up acid reflux comes along with it so I used to have really bad acid reflux like couldn't sleep at night had to sleep like sitting straight up like a zombie and through the process of figuring out my allergies I no longer have to take acid reflux medicine because it's no longer so angry inside <laughs> How did you figure out your food allergies? Did you go to a nutritionist, the doctor, a, uh, or did you send in your gut biome to someone? <laughs> um, so I, so during grad school, when I was highly stressed and depressed and, um, but somehow still loving what I was doing, <laughs> um, um, I started choking on food because it's also correlated with stress. So that's when I was like, okay, something's really wrong with me. Um, and then I found a really great nutritionist who figured it out and sent me to a doctor. So the process is long. You're with the nutritionist, a GI specialist, and an allergist. So they kind of weave out what could be an allergy versus what is part of your immune disease. And it's just a long road of trial and error. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, with us. And uh, we wish you, uh, I don't know if there's a, it doesn't sound like there's a cure for it, but it sounds like something that just has to be managed at least yeah. at this stage uh, in the game. But it gets so much better once when you manage it. You feel amazing. And again, you're like, oh, my God, is this what everyone else feels like? <laughs> so um, I think through that process, too, when we talked about um, asking for help, that's when I really started to learn to just ask for help.
I love asking for help. It makes life so much easier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and with that said, um, last two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I always imagine there's one person listening in who may be on the precipice of wanting to end their life. Before you kill yourself, what would you say to them? I it's geez when you're in that hole I'm trying to think what you want to hear and I think the best thing is just people want you here and I know it's not about other people during that time but asking for help and um can can be the ultimate change in your decision and you know the earth wants you here you're here for a reason and you're loved the earth wants you here. Yeah, it needs your calcium, son. So <laughs> yeah. hang around. Don't give it. It doesn't need it right now, but you know, yeah. eventually it'll get it. So don't don't speed up the process. There's, there's, yeah. I think like six thousand people die a day or an hour or something like that. So you, you know, you don't have to add to that. You don't have to speed that up. It has enough calcium right now. Um, last question: What are you looking forward to in the next twenty four hours? Ooh, 24 hours. All right, it's Friday. Um, I'm looking forward to going on a walk with my dogs. I yeah. love it. Yeah, get some of that vitamin D, some of that mm-hmm. breeze. Hug a tree, maybe. I love Hug it. Hug a though. tree, <laughs> yes. Go in the wilderness. Where can people find your book? Pl- plug all your stuff. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. Um, if you want to support a small business, go to theblackhatpress.com. It's a small publisher. And you can find me on Instagram at Cornville. Cornville. I love that. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other suicide prevention hotline numbers, whether you're in Ireland or Alaska or China, wherever you are in the world. There are international phone numbers. You can call, chat, text. Um, You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together. Thank you so much, Corin.